0: Love, talk, radio. Good morning, everybody. Happy Halloween to everyone today, and welcome to the Best Life Cafe. I'm Kathy Annella, with my co-host, Ms. Carrie Butler, and today we are bringing our favorite, our favorite subject to talk about to you, and that is men. So grab your coffee, because we are diving deep today with entrepreneur, teacher, coach, podcast host, and author, Robert Candell. Robert has a new book coming out on November 15th. It's titled Unhidden, a book for men and those confused by them. He has been helping men find themselves for 14 years. He's an expert in interpersonal communication and relationships. He has helped thousands of students find a more balanced, energized life with better relationships, more sex, more happiness, he is the host of a highly successful podcast, Tough Love, which has become one of my personal favorites in my effort to understand men and dating in this new phase of my life. So good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Robert.
1: Good, good morning. morning. That's a pleasure to be back. So, Thank you so much
0: for asking me. Oh, no, we are so happy to have you back on the show. We really enjoyed you last time. And so today I'm actually going to start by asking Carrie a question. Uh, Carrie, are you confused by men? (laughs) Me? No. Are you kidding? Uh,
2: You know, I, 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 you can see that I'm so, you know, versed in this. No. I mean, yes, I'm completely confused by men, but I don't know. Like, Robert, I want to really dive into this with you because, like, I don't know if it's that I'm confused about me. I'm confused about men. Like there's so much that we want to talk to you about today. I have a 19 year old son. I don't know what to tell him about even talking to a girl in college. Like, does he walk around with like, you know, a notebook and like a legal document saying, I, is it okay for me to talk to you? So Hmm. I think I want to start right now is let's talk about like dating. Like I'm, going to be 59 in three months i've been divorced for three for seven years and you know for all of our listeners out there that are like i I don't want to swipe right or left like can i just like you know can't somebody just knock on my door like what what do we do what do we do well
1: no it's not going to work if you're waiting for someone to knock on your door sorry yeah Yeah. fine Yeah, Yeah, I wish. I wish. (laughs) You know, I'm waiting for the same thing with the book deal and Tony Robbins to call me to have me up on the stage. Um, But no, I'm actually not waiting at all. Um, I believe in energy out in the universe equals energy in. It's often not a one-to-one or direct relationship. You have to understand if you, you know, you show up at the mall, you might get a flower from someone else. It's kind of like that's the way the universe works. And right. it's very important to to um, self-generate, self-energize, uh, love oneself, and put yourself out there.
2: Ah, oh,
0: fine.
1: Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Like,
0: oh, no. yeah, I get it, though. But, so, like, so I, I mean, I just we... want to comment there real quick that um, so putting yourself out there as opposed to online dating, which is, the, you know, you were talking about how we live hidden, in your mm. probably in your upcoming book, and it says you wrote you know something about the effect of swipe left, swipe right, and so for our listeners mm. that do not online date, as the light goes, I've never online dated, I've never had a profile, I've never done, I've never even really looked at a dating site, and so I'm wondering a little bit more about that, and so when you're, I'm like the girl who's going to put myself out there and self-energize and self-love, and I'm that's where I'm at. So but mm-hmm. if you don't you know get that same energy back, like what else is there but the online dating? So let's just talk a little bit about what the online dating is and what that can do or not do for a
1: relationship or a a meeting. Yeah, this is not mayor of expertise. Just want to make that clear. Um, okay. And my what when people come to meet uh, men and women say, I want to meet someone, what do I do? And like I don't like the online dating. It's a very common thing. I say, okay, there's there's three things I recommend. Number one is tell all your friends. You know, I just tell every single one of your friends that you're available, you're looking, make your list, post it on Facebook. I had a friend of mine Um, I saw, and she got like 600 comments. She's like, okay, men, single men, I have a bunch of ladies looking for a man. If you're a man available, and then all of a sudden, all these people were posting what they were looking for, both men and women. And I I didn't follow the thread that closely, but I thought it was great because we live in this very uh, electronically connected world. Why not use it? So uh, tell every one of your friends, you know, even the ones you think are a little weird, hey, if you know a guy, because I bet there's someone in that pool of the seven degrees of dating, the seven degrees of Kathy, mm-hmm. um, that it's <laughs> possible to to meet someone. So that's that's my first um, bit of advice.
0: Okay, so one more question on that, because I'm just going to get my question, yeah. Cherry. sorry, right out of the way. So you oh, meet okay. this guy. No, asking for a friend, really, asking for a friend. Um, you meet oh, this guy, and you make this connection. <laughs> And you know you make a good connection, but then it's like, well now because it's more electronic and it's easier to send a text than make a fo- old-fashioned phone call. And I was raised like by my mother to say you never call boys, and so I've been that girl my whole life who has sat there and like, is the phone ever going to ring? And so what do you? What is the best move for women today because men are more shy? Because, of you know, that's a whole other subject of why men are backing off being mm-hmm. more aggressive these days. And now women mm-hmm. are getting more aggressive because they want to say, hey, I'm interested. But, but where's the dynamic in 2018 with that? Like, who is the person who's supposed to call first, not call first, or not answer, don't answer? You know, and what does not answering mean? Those kind of things.
1: It's all new to me. It's, <laughs> yeah. The, all, well, all the rules are tossed at this point, you know, because uh-huh. we live in electronic world. We've moved from in-person uh, phone to electronic messaging. People multitask. They multidate. They have seven open cans at once. And yeah. it, it really is, you know, there's a lot going on. Um, and so what I recommend is a level of honesty, speaking your desire. You start texting with a guy and, you know, go back and forth about, you know, 10 or 15 times and you feel there's energy, say, hey, I feel like there's energy. Would you be open to a phone call? Mm-hmm. So then you oh, make the cool. request. <laughs> you make the request. Hey, are you open to a phone call? If they say yes, bingo. If they say no, you, you have the right to say, okay, why not, and then make a decision if you want to continue with the electronic flirtation. And if they say maybe, then flirt and see what happens. But the point is that <laughs> we sit here, women women sit here with this desire, and we're like, ah, we can't ask it, we can't ask it, we can't ask it, and it boils up, and men are sitting there, ah, I desire, I can't ask it, I can't ask it, and we have two people with desire not speaking. So you can politely say, even you can make a what's called a communication bridge. Hey, may I make a request? Yes. Would you be open to a phone call? Absolutely. Great. Let's set a date. And then all of a sudden – you're you're having what you want. I
0: love that. See, my there's friend, like an art my to it, friend's going to be way. really happy to hear that. <laughs>
1: oh, good. Your friend, quote uh, friend. Yeah, yeah my uh-huh. friend. Uh-huh.
2: Whatever. Um, so so there's like a there's an art to it though. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, and so Robert, like, okay, we've got like twenty year olds, we've got thirty year olds, we've got forty year olds. You know, and so it's like. Is it – do do us older kids need to kind of, like, relearn something or learn a little bit from, like, the technology or do we – you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, this, 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 this head thing about, like – you know, like, we know what we want, right? Mm-hmm. so it's, like, do we just cut to the chase and – do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I yeah. don't even know that I'm being clear, but it's just like, the, because there's different levels of relationship and different, I feel like there's different rules for different ages, but maybe not. Like, I don't know.
1: These millennials have definitely impacted the world. Millennials now being <laughs> the largest graphic alive in American society. Uh, they have impacted the world and they've changed the rules of dating. Uh, men, older, Always tend to want to date younger. It is a bias in our society. It's a sad bias in our society, but it's a Mm -hmm. bias nonetheless. And you can get mad at it, you can fight it, or you can just, you know, understand it and know it's really not about you. And then you can look for men who are interested in mature women in their in their age range. But you're you're going to hit that, and so you're going to interact with men looking to interact with younger women who will then emulate younger women. So they're going to follow the millennial pathway of really never talking on the phone. And you have to ask your question, is that the kind of guy you want to spend your time and energy on? Um, And, you know, if you're paying attention, if you're really paying attention, this is about paying attention. Like we, you know, guys come to me and say, how do I do this? And what's the strategy and what are the steps? And how long I have to wait to make a phone call and how often can I text? I'm just like, I can't answer that because every woman's different. Every experience is different. And it's on you to figure out and pay attention, ask questions, be polite, be willing to make mistakes to actually know a person rather than your own mental gyrations of who you think they should be. Okay. So I'm sitting here
0: going, wait, wait. Men actually ask you those questions? When should I call? All that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's wow.
2: kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind
0: of cool. I've got to say, Carrie, yeah. my mouth, I was like, wait, what? They, they, men actually have the same feelings and fears that women have? So, that, so oh, that's yes, what they this do. show is yes, all about. That is what this show is all about, understanding men and understanding, you know, that, that they are – know, I was raised – I have four brothers. So for me, uh, I've always been more of a guy-girl. And I've always had a lot of male friends, like, my whole life. That's sort of just been who I am until I was in a relationship where someone wouldn't allow me to have male friends. And then coming out of that relationship and reconnecting with men again, I'm noticing just, like, wow, like, there's some really solid, good men out there. And men Mm -hmm. in general are getting this bad rap from a lot of different movements. Not that I don't support them, but but I also love men, and so I I get torn sometimes. in the fact that they're getting the bad rap. And so what, you know, what are men? What are the challenges men are really facing today in in, in wake of the Me Too thing and and those those issues that are facing men it, millenniums up to the
1: the older man. Hmm. Okay. So this is one of the main theses of my book. The patriarchy has been around for about 6,000 years. Most historians put it close to starting around 4,000 BCE. So men have been in the power position due to uh, really, I think, um, good intentions back when it started. Over the 6,000 years, a lot of bad things and skewed, it's gotten skewed for everyone. And patriarchy impacts all genders. This isn't just impacting women, it's impacting all genders. So the women's suffrage movement started in 1848. The the first conscious really loud call for women for the right to vote on the path to equality. Women's the 19th Amendment didn't occur until 1920. So, you know, and 70 years past the start to actually for women have the right to to vote. So, women have only had the right to vote for 100 years. In the 1960s and 70s, the educators started to put intention into raising the equality of girls and young women, girls, you know, being preteen and of that age, you know, young women and, you know, before 18, that's kind of, our 18 to 22. I'm kind of putting those mm-hmm. names on intentionally. So in the last 50 years, we started to see a dynamic shift in the way the world's happening. Then technology comes in, then Moore's law, and then uh, how people work. Uh, since 2000, there's been 6 million uh, manufacturing jobs lost, which were mostly men. Uh, mm-hmm. Women uh, were in the minority entering college in the 1960s and 70s, around 30%. Now it's flipped, with men having about 30 to 31% entering college and getting degrees. The pay gap, which was uh, 60 cents in the 1970s and 80s, is now 93 cents for millennial women entering the workforce. My point is, is that we're seeing a really epic change in the role of men, who they are and who they believe they should be. And then Me Too comes around, which slapped men across the face and instilled fear, like deep fear. Yeah. Now, I am 100% supporter of women's suffrage, women's right to vote, the empowerment of girls and young women, the Me Too. I I am yes, yes, yes to all this. I think it was so important for society to get here and... There's been no complementary programs for young boys and young men to rise up. So women have been rising up. Men have been staying the same. In that, men don't know who to be. So the book, Unhidden, is all about this epidemic of the double-edged sword of men not knowing who to be, but then not having permission in society to speak about their pain, all those questions, should I call? You know, how often do I text? They don't have permission to speak it because we're supposed to look stoic and know what we do, and so we end up frozen.
2: Well, and uh, my exact reason for asking you what, you know, what does my 19-year-old son do? Like, I'm panicked for him, you know, it's like because there's so much that could, quote, unquote, come back to him. Just, you know, mm-hmm. and and also, like, false accusations, right? It's like somebody Mm -hmm. could just pull some shit, excuse my French, out of the air and just decide Mm -hmm. like yeah, like I'm mad at you so I'm going to say you, you know, sexually assaulted me or something. It's like
1: what the heck? Yeah, I get it. We're just like take a a
0: deep breath there because that's the reality of life that 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 can happen to you and, and it's horrible for sure. And, and I
2: just, I would like to just say, and I really want to hear what you have to say, Robert, I swear. I just really mm-hmm. want to say that, that I, you know, it, I'm, I'm not like putting this out there, like as something that I want to create or have something created for my son. You know, it's like I, and, you know, the reality of the the day is that it could happen. And so that's, Real, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to create it by any means. I just want a, a little guidance or, you know, have our audience get some guidance on what we can do. You mean what your son okay. can do, so, yeah. hear you.
1: Go.
2: Well, but also as, as parents, you know what I mean? Like, it, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people out there that have kids in college, you know, and it's like, what do we do? Good what fun. do we say? So,
1: yeah. and,
2: and what do they do? Of course, what do, you know, what do the kids do?
1: Well, here's my weird answer to your question. Any of us can get hit by a bus, car accident, random acts of violence. There could be ha- anything happen in our life that end it in a second. You know, that's karma, yeah. that's life force. But it's just a reality of, of leaving your house. Even staying in your house isn't safe at this point. So my point is, is there's no guarantees. And my belief system mm. is that you can actually create your life you can live a pristine, pure, uh, um, optimized life, and that won't attract that towards you. So the 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 chances of it decreases. So my recommendation, mm-hmm. recommendation, good man. And mm. this may sound weird. What what I mean by this, but a good man is authentic. A good man listens. A good man hears. A good man. Makes mistakes because he's living large in his world. When he makes mistakes, this is what he does: he apologizes, he asks for the impact, he asks if there's ways to rectify or how to make amends. He he's paying attention. He's not in his ego. He'll go into his ego, and then he'll notice he's in his ego, and he'll say, "Wow, it's just my ego." What I'm saying is, and it's it's a self-awareness. It's a connection to his emotional intelligence. It's noticing the impact he has on the women in his life. When he makes a mistake, which I actually call miscues, when he makes a miscue, he apologizes. I make mistakes all the time with Morgan, my wife, all Mm. the time. Little ones, medium ones, sometimes a big one. And the (laughs) only difference between the other men that she reports is I'm going to be like, wow, I just made a mistake. I'm sorry. I wasn't aware. I was in my ego. I was in my masculine. I wasn't paying attention. It's it's that simple. If you do this, if you build uh, availability and accessibility, the chances of a woman saying you touched me inappropriately, you had sexual harassment, just decreases significantly. Mm-hmm. I got that. that. I love that.
0: Answer. I, I know. I'm like, I'm going to quote you. I'm, uh, that, that is one of the best answers I've really heard about what a good man is. All of those things. Mm-hmm. Really, um, and raising sons that you know, I have I have two sons and, and a grandson, and they're they're wonderful men, and and I know it's you know it's not like I'm patting myself on the back, but they really are good men, like kind, mm-hmm. generous, authentic. And when you were describing it, I'm like, wow, that is so good. So, um, in that same sort of realm about, and I'm kind of diving onto another subject, but I think it's a really important mm-hmm. subject. Well, we're talking about the uh, technological world. And I always think of the scene in Bad Moms where the the wife's walking into the room and she realizes her husband's watching porn and she's like, oh, honey, well, I, maybe I want to see, you know, like what you like and what you're doing. And she goes mm-hmm. over and she realizes he's actually having video chat sex with a woman. And she's like horrified. Mm-hmm. Their marriage is over. And you talked a little bit of what, you know, what, some of the subjects that you've talked about is, is why are men more now going towards like video games and porn and electronically checking out when their woman is in the next room
1: available? Mm. Great question. Uh, I think this has a lot to do with the thesis I came before when I talked about women's empowerment is increasing. So you know, really dynamically, let's just say for the last hundred years, women's power in the world has dynamically changed. If you had someone from 1918 come and watch women, you know, what was going on today, they would be shocked. It is it would be such an epic change of the evolution of women from 1918 to 2018. Uh, which is awesome, and what's happened is as women's power has risen, men instead of accepting the challenge of how do I rise up to be connected to be a partner to be to rise up to meet the challenge of a woman, most men are tending to quit they're heading in the opposite direction they're moving away from uh, i don't know what to do, I don't know how to interact with this evolutionary powerful woman she's not following the script that my father and grandfather and great-grandfather and great-great-grandfather yeah. gave me these scripts don't work anymore so instead of saying mm. all right i don't know what to do i'm just going to go to video games i'm going to go to porn i mean the advent of free porn is such a huge topic um i want to yeah the butterfly effect by uh an audio book by a man named john ronson as an epically beautiful book um which is a whole other subject. My point is, is that men are not rising up to the challenge they're quitting. There's whole demographics in Japan, under 30 virgins, like a huge percentage who are quitting, going to sex dolls and video games and just being like, I don't want to deal with women. They're complicated. Uh, there's a group called incels uh, in American culture, you know, people who are not having sex and kind of giving up. There's, there's really like this giving up of men and it's it's yeah. we need men to say all right look at dealing with women like any other great challenge to hit the fastball to climb a mountain to learn to play the rock guitar it's the same thing it's a challenge of rising up building a practice to to engage succeed and connect with powerful women
2: So, Robert, do you think that that, like, it was, like, almost like competition or something? Like, they didn't, they thought they had to compete. Like, women were, like, rising up in power, but instead of, like, going, yeah, this is awesome. Like, you know, let me hold your hand and we'll walk down this road together. You know, Mm -hmm. certain men felt like it was competition. You know, it's like they had to compete because it was, like, maybe a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a. A direct hit on their masculinity or something like that, like it sounds right, like that right. could be the reason I don't know if that's accurate, but it sounds like you know what I'm saying like yeah the like the and why like why they didn't i mean you know like I guess be- you know because of how they've been raised or like just history in itself, you know, but now there's a shift in history or a shift in 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 coming together and it's like nobody's on the same page. Nobody's walking together. Like nobody's taking mm-hmm. mm-hmm. each other's hand and walking together. It's like the women are like, yeah, see ya. The guys are like, okay, you know, and not not doing it.
1: Right. Uh God, so many answers. Uh the the first <laughs> one that pops in my head was this concept that we're actually taught uh, antagonistic communication rather than collaborative communication because we live in a society of scarcity, uh, not abundance because we believe there's limited resources. Most people tend to believe in what's called the zero sum game. The zero sum game being if there's a hundred marbles in a bowl and I take 72, that means there's only uh, 28 left for you. That's the zero sum game. Um, and so, most men are in this belief system that if someone else takes their limited resource, including a woman, a minority, uh, uh, a different sexual orientation, they feel like they're taking something from them. And we live in an antagonistic uh, belief system. Mm. I'm reading in the middle of a book called Angry White Men by an author named Michael Kimmel, which is a really eye-opening, powerful book, really well-researched and incredibly well-written Um, And it's really about the the rise of the anger of the white man uh, in, like I said, the last 30 or 40 years, because their belief systems, their aggravated entitlement, I think that's a term he created, I'm not sure about that, uh, that uh, men believe they deserve, and women are taking away the jobs, minorities are taking away the jobs, uh, they have a belief they're my job, this is my job, and in that there's a chasm And they're just getting angry and anger. You could take all that energy and turn it into, okay, this is rough. How do I do this? Instead, they're just, we're electing Trump. I mean, like, if you look at Trump, he is the description of an angry white man. He is the cultivated energy. And he was elected by women and and minorities. So there's a lot of anger in our society that got fueled to, to elect our 45th president. So uh, that's, I think, what's happened and why we haven't walked down the road together is because we're angry. And the anger is really covering fear that we don't want to be seen in and desire we don't have access to. Wow. I mean, this is, you know, it's
2: like really, because it's like we have, you know, the Me Too movement, but. It's like with all these women, and don't get me wrong, you know. But it's like there's also the men. It's like the, the there's stuff going on with our men too, you know, and we're as not a result, looking at that. As a yeah, right. And as a result, and it just gives it it, it, it I think that it, it calls for compassion on both sides, you know, to like understand where each person is coming from because. You know, like you even say, like men and women, they, we communicate differently. You know, we do. We communicate differently. So let's talk about that for a little bit because I think that it's so important for, for each side to understand how we communicate differently so that we don't take things personally, right? Like it's like, mm-hmm. hey, babe, like I just – screwed up or whatever, you know, because we as women, like we expect people to know better and that, you know, uh, anyway.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Yep. Um, uh, let's see. I think, I think it's really a lot of shame. Uh, I, I did this talk about men's shame and a woman said, I didn't know men had shame. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh yeah. my God, we have so much shame. We have so much shame, and it's getting more intense in the world that doesn't give us permission to discuss and and heal our shame. And that shame is what creates the chasm. That's what has us go into hiding because we don't want to be seen. We don't want this part of us shown. And that, I think, is creating a lot of chasm. Women and all genders have shame. I'm, I please don't say if I have men have shame. I'm saying other genders don't or less or more. I'm not even thinking in those terms. You know, that's I know how we that think. Yeah. You know? yeah. But that's how people think, right? It's just like I get into a lot of conversations with people, and I'm just like, this is the problem with men. And they're just like, the first thing on their mouth is like, yeah, men don't have it bad. Women have it, always had it worse. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying or. I'm saying and. And that's what and, happens. Is, is, and, yeah, men don't have permission to speak because women in society says they're in the privileged position. How dare they have any problems? And then what they do is shove it down. They have poor behavior. It gets other genders even more mad. <laughs> and then it keeps going. And there's more and more disconnection. I, I did this um, podcast with this guy, uh, Randy Spelling. It's on uh, Tough Love. I can't remember the exact episode, but Randy Spelling, an amazing guy. He's a coach in Oregon. He's the son and the brother of Tori Spelling. Aaron Spelling Damn. being you know, the big TV producer, Tori Spelling yep. being the move, a yep. movie and TV actress. So he grew up in the 70s and 80s you know, decked out. He was royal class, like a huge house and money, And what happened is like he got into drugs and he got, uh, you know, totally his life went downhill. And he says, we had this big house and all I wanted was my family together in a small room. And so we look at someone like Randy Spelling and be like, wow, what a privileged kid who who ruined his life through drugs. He actually turned it, you know, but we look at that and because they have money. They think he should have no problems but that doesn't happen. And we look at men the same way. It's because we're in the position of power. We have no problems. Well, that makes us have more problems and more toxic behavior, and then we end up where we are.
2: Wow. You know, um, a a friend of mine uh, this weekend uh, was at um, a conference in Aspen, and Mm -hmm. there were some very, very, very heavy hitters there. And she uh, actually became very close with, with one of them, but we were talking yesterday and she said, you know, yeah, I almost didn't even go up and say hi to him because like, what do I have to offer him? And Mm -hmm. I said to her, I said, I imagine that there's so many people that feel that way. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I wonder if he's lonely because people (laughs) don't approach him because he's so, you know, he's very, very well off. I mean, very well off. And, um, You know, and and she was like, wow, I never thought about that before. But it's so interesting that you talk about this because we just, we just assume, like women just assume that we know, or I'll speak for myself, I just assume that I know things, but I have no idea. Like, I I really, I have no idea, like, what I'm talking about in, you know, when it Mm -hmm. comes to men's feelings, What listening to you, which I am so grateful for. And I just want to go and like... you know, yeah. binge listen to all your podcasts
0: because I just feel like mm. I you totally gain so much. Mm. You, you totally you.
1: should go
0: binge that. listen to his. You should totally do that. And And one of the things that I wanted to kind of touch back on before we were getting to the end of our show is, is the uh, communication and relationships, and we were talking about how did two people today come together? Because it used to be the man was, you know, the breadwinner, successful, and the woman stayed home and she was mm-hmm. the housekeeper, and it was very defined roles. And as this now movement is growing and women are getting more independent, you, like you said, it's like you have these carry these powerhouse women where where men are not able to say, man, I dig that, like that's cool. She does this, she does this, she does this. So I had this lady this morning in my water class. She's about in her late 70s, early 80s, and she's been married for like 51 years. And I Mm. asked her about that, and I said, so, and she said, no, when we came together, we were both very independent, and that has never changed in those 51 years. We were never dependent Mm. on each other. We came together. We grew together. We grew a family together, she said, but... He did his thing, I did my thing, and it's still that way today. And I never asked for permission. He's never asked. And I'm like, that is the relationship because you want to have that person that's independent, doing their own life, and someone who's sitting home waiting for you to get there. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering about, like, what you think about, like, how that is today and what it takes for men to sort of come into the place where not to be intimidated by a powerful woman because we're also raising powerful daughters. You know, I know Mm -hmm. my daughters are twenty times more less tolerant of men's shit than I was for sure. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. My daughter
0: said to me, "She's like, mom, it's 2018. Girls don't take that shit anymore." And I went, "Oh, Uh, okay,
1: true. It's totally true." So the question is, the question is, how do men keep up? Do you ask me a question? Well, like, like,
0: what is it going to take for a man to sort of be able to? Let go of his ego enough to see a powerful woman and dig it, rather than be intimidated by it. it. Just okay. asking for okay. a friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, asking for a friend. Yeah, uh, a very uh, <laughs> simple but but uh, simple concept, but not easy to implicate um, um, to implement. So when the pain of change is less than the pain of staying the same, people change. <sighs> I'll say that again when the pain of change is less than the pain of staying the same, people change. So if a man is in the status quo and he's like, all right, this is okay. This is acceptable. All right. Then they're not going to change. It's going to take something, some wake up call, some noticing, some life events uh, Mm -hmm. to say, all right, I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't, I want to have a powerful relationship. I'm in my third failed marriage. I want to actually maybe, maybe the common thing is me, you know, like it takes just that awareness and it takes that, uh, what I call confronting. So there's a, there's a process in my book. So the first step is really confronting that there's something going on. You have to see it. If you live your life with your blinders on going from point A to point B and everything is fine, you don't want to change. But if you have a life event or you wake up, that's confronting. The second step is (laughs) what I call investigating. Like, just saying, like, oh, uh, you know, wow, women are powerful, or whoa, like, you know, go out there and research. We live in the most uh, information available time because of our technology. So go and investigate. Go um, figure out things. And the third step is committing. I want to make a change. I want to lose weight. I want to go to the gym. I I want to read, you know, five books a month. I want to... uh, you know, stop having toxic relationship. I don't want to drink when I'm on a date. Like, look at these little things. I want to stop using porn as a way to medicate. I want to stop gambling. Like, whatever it is, make a commitment yeah. to say, I don't want to do this anymore. The next step is to build a practice over a set, some set period of time, usually a minimum of 28 days, but go build a practice, run through the practice, have an accountability partner, modify if it's dangerous, or, you know, not at the right level, and then complete your cycle, celebrate, debrief, and then recommit to another practice. That's how you change. Nothing magical, oh. it's not a pill. It's, it's just creating a practice. You want to learn to hit a baseball? You get to the batting range. If you want to learn piano, you hire a piano teacher and you practice your scales. If you want to learn to relate to a modern woman, you build a practice around it. It's that simple and yet that difficult because if the pain of change, is greater than the pain of saying the same. A lot of people don't do anything. So
2: that is the uh, quote of the freaking month. Like, okay. that did, really he just, so... yeah,
0: did he not just write my whole story oh. in a nutshell? There you go. I don't even need oh to publish a book. Like, that is it. Uh, you know, I've been there. I know that. I know exactly what you mean of that. And, you know, we get very it, – sometimes it's convenient. Sometimes it's easier been to actually mm. face the pain and walk through it. And wow. Yeah. That one hits. Um, okay. So we're getting to the end of our time together. Robert, tell everybody where
1: to find you. Uh, all things Robert Candell can be found on my website, robertkandel.com. Uh, you can find the book, you can find uh, the podcast and my writing. I'll be doing courses. I'll have a work, a communication workbook, uh, 2019, mm. a lot of stuff at robertkandel.com and uh, for the next uh, two and a half weeks, I'm having an Indiegogo pre-sale extravaganza where you can get the book plus coaching at a really uh, reduced rate, and that's robertcandell.com forward slash book, robertcandell.com forward slash book. My Indiegogo needs some love and attention, so check it out. Um, again, you can get everything on the cheap at robertcandell.com forward slash book.
0: And, and he also, say- on <laughs> November – just let me say one thing. On November 15th, uh, Robert on Facebook Live is having an all-day 12-hour book launch, which is a ex- super exciting, fun thing. And I'm sure I'll be checking in and saying hello to you on that day. I put it in my calendar. Um, so that's you will to you'll it. Be able to... it.
1: It's, it's December 6th. I needed three more weeks. So it's, it's oh, December 6th. 6th. I'm sorry. Sorry.
0: Yeah. All right, no worries. So it's December no 6th. Hey, I understand needing the three weeks for sure.
1: Oh, my goodness. Totally. Okay. I know. It's
0: exciting. All right. Um, Robert, I so and your book
2: is not just for men, right? It's for men and women. So I just want to put that out there to everybody, which is awesome. And um I just the last thing I wanna leave you with is I'm single and looking. So I'm telling okay. you my friend.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a unhidden dating site soon. There you go.
2: You're oh, Yeah. Rock on, yeah.
1: That one. No. I do have yeah, a I'm Facebook a... <laughs> group so you can you can go on there and start flirting with uh with the awake people on the Facebook group.
0: Done. Sherry, there you that. go. Oh my god, I love <laughs> this. Okay. Robert, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm sure we will chat again, and best wishes on your book. And really thank you for bringing these, this subject to light, because Carrie and I talk about men every day. Every time we talk, we mm-hmm. have a conversation about either a man in my world, her world, children, our sons. And so we really appreciate just really getting to know men on, on another level. And and so thank you for bringing this to light, because I think the world needs it. My-
1: Thank you so much, and we
0: ap- we appreciate you very
2: much.
1: We absolutely do. Oh, thank you so much. So. Uh, all right, I'm on the search for a guy.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. We'll yes, check in later. I Love it. He's in L.A. too. You're in L.A. right? All right. All right.
1: Yeah. Are you, you in really L.A., Robert? Yes, I am. I am. Yeah, we live
0: yeah, in the valley. Yeah. He's in the valley. LA. Yeah. I'm in Encino. So it's all good. Serendipity, <laughs> right here. We got this. Okay. Bye, Robert. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Aloha,
0: everybody. Have a great day, everybody. Carrie, we're not done. Hello.